just like that, I'm back for another season of Category Is. Thanks for joining me. Grab a cocktail, grab a glass of wine, and let's get into it. As always, I'm Maurice, and you're listening to Category Is. Hey everybody, welcome back to season four of Category Is. I'm your host, Maurice, and I'm back behind the mic just in time for Sad Girl Autumn. So <laughs> we have a lot of things to talk about in this episode. Just a quick catch up at first, but if it's your first time joining me here at Category Is, you are in for a treat each and every week. Uh, we have lots of fun conversations, have lots of deep conversations as well. We're going to bring in some guest hosts, some interviews and collaborations with different um, podcasters in the podcasting arena. And we're just going to have fun, you know, no matter what the category is. And if you are a longtime listener, you know that season three, we had some switch ups and change ups uh, in the middle of the season. Um, but yeah, this is going to be the first season where I will be hosting completely by myself. Um, but yeah, it's going to be fun and we're going to continue the momentum that uh, I built and, and you know, transformed in the latter part of season three. So yeah, thanks for joining me again. Uh, if you have not hit that subscribe button just yet, go ahead and do it right now. Um, so you get a notification every time a new episode drops. So just a quick catch up um, since season three ended, uh, a few uh, chain life changes <laughs> going on. Well, you know, I got my puppy. Um, we got our puppy in, yeah, it was like the end of July. Um, and this week he will be turning six months old. So we got him. He was about 10 weeks, um, a little <laughs> six pound or well, actually he was four pounds at that time. And then by the time we took him to the vet, he was six pounds. And now he's a healthy uh, 13 pounds of fur. And you'll probably hear him barking um, in the background in a little bit. Another change is that, you know, my in-laws kind of moved in unexpectedly. So uh, we'll be talking about that uh, throughout the season. <laughs> if, you have, if, you know, if you have any uh, in-law stories, you can feel free to... to Send me a message at categoryispod at gmail.com and we could talk about it uh, on air. You don't have to, I won't disclose your identities, but yeah, it, it, it's a different situation. Um, I'll just say that it's not, yeah, not one that, that I was expecting, but, but yeah, we'll talk about it throughout the season um, because I know quite a few people are, are going through similar situations and you know sometimes you need someone to, to talk to about it so we'll be doing that so let's get into one of my favorite segments of the show it's time for what you're drinking and this is the part of the show where i share a cocktail recipe that i'm currently sipping this one is a pretty good um, i found it on food and wine magazine and it was under their british inspired cocktail list and very appropriate because um one of the main categories we're going to talk about today has to do with someone who's very, very British. So it's called a tea time. So this cocktail uses English breakfast tea steeped in vodka, and it is pretty simple to make. So what you do is you just, like I said, you take um, your English breakfast tea and basically infuse your vodka with it. So you put it 
you know, if it comes in a tea bag or loose, just put it in the, a jar or <laughs> a bottle or something and then pour your vodka on top. Let it steep for, I don't know, a day or two. <laughs> I don't know. Long enough um, to infuse the flavor. So you take that with some lemon juice, just a little bit of honey, and you just basically shake it up and garnish it with some thyme sprigs and you're good to go. So it's literally just uh, vodka and a little lemon juice. So it's going to be pretty, pretty strong for tonight. So that is the tea time cocktail. So before we get into the main categories, just a few other things that are going on. So Insecure Season 5 started a few weeks ago. I believe they're on episode 4 or 5 of the most boring TV I have ever watched in a long time. So this is the final season over HBO, and season four was even a bit lackluster. Like it did have a an overarching story that kind of carried the season through, but then they also gave uh, Issa Rae like two extra episodes last season, and she pretty much wasted them on um, one episode. She was driving her lift, and she was just taking this old man around the city, like waste of an episode. And then the other extra episode that they got that added nothing to the narrative was um, the quote-unquote postpartum depression episode where they were just sitting on that bus <laughs> for like 20 minutes. I was like, girl, this is only a 30-minute episode. But season five um, is a bit disjointed. Like every episode, uh, I wouldn't say it follows a different character, but you can tell they're kind of trying to wrap up a lot of the story arcs but they're doing it in a way that's almost like what's it called anthology where the episodes aren't necessarily connected so yeah it's kind of like that like they spent the first episode going back to their college reunion (laughs) and the only talk of the episode was that one of the characters the character is a member of alpha kappa alpha sorority incorporated but the actress playing her is not. So when the character was wearing the letters and the paraphernalia of that organization, then everybody got into uproar saying, you know, disrespect. So that was the main talk of the first episode. The second episode, I don't even remember what it was about. Then the third episode was uh, Lawrence, who was like the on-again, off-again boyfriend, and he... Uh, had this baby with Condoleezza in like season four, but then he didn't want the baby. Like she was pregnant, but then he wanted her to have an abortion. She said she wanted to keep it. Then uh, she, I don't know, she just disappeared. So then she comes back and now all of a sudden he's like, wants the baby. I'm like, girl, Lauren, she's doing too much. But Kiki Palmer was in the episode, and then Layla Rashawn played uh, Condoleezza's mom, and (laughs) it was good to see them working again, especially Layla. Kiki stayed working, though. Um, And then season, episode four, I don't know, the one that came on Sunday was not that good. Like, it had a bit more of a story, but it just, it doesn't seem like there's an overarching, like, story that the characters are like going through and then the timeline is also kind of janky because you never really know like how much time really passes in between the episodes like i feel like one season they every episode was a different holiday so you kind of 
could tell like what where we were in the year, like how much time passed, but it just I don't know, it's a bit weird um this time around. And with um half the season already over, it's like I don't even know where they can go uh after that. But I kinda have low expectations at this point. I had them before because HBO <laughs> always has a problem with like finishing a series like True Blood didn't end too well, and then you go to like Game of Thrones, which was the big one, and now we have um, Insecure, and it's just like it's going to be a, a letdown. And I know it's difficult to kind of wrap things up in a way that's going to not be like really fan servicey and just you know do it just to do it. I don't know if she needed more time or just what the girl is not not doing it for me. Um, Another thing that's not doing it for me is the four-part reunions for every Housewives show that's going on on Bravo. Um, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills wrapped up, and the whole storyline last season was the Erica Girardi, the Erica Jane um, divorce, and then now the lawsuits, and then the mental illness with the husband, and the dementia, and the car accidents, and then it was just a lot. Like Every single episode, she had a different... um, she was adding just so much more to like stuff she had previously previously said, and admittedly, I missed the first half of the season because Beverly Hills just hasn't really been on my radar since uh, Lisa Vanderpump left. Um, and then, you know, I picked up I want to say after like the first uh, cast trip, so I don't know what happened there, but um, but yeah, the whole season kind of morphed into. Where like the Erica Jane stuff just becomes everyone's storyline, and it's like the whole show just re- revolves around them like reacting to all this different shit that she says and does, and it's it kind of reminds you of how season what five of Potomac, Real Housewives of Potomac, kind of all revolved around the Monique and Candace fight, and then last season of Real Housewives of Atlanta was all about you know, who has sex with the stripper and the threesome and then all of that. And so, you know, I know we're filming in like, you know, these pandemic times and they couldn't, especially at that time when it's still very intense, you know, they couldn't film like in big groups. They couldn't go do all this stuff like out and go out to dinner like they always do. <laughs> and so um, they would just, you know, something would happen and then they would just have to sit in somebody's house and react to it. So. You know, I know they had those kind of limitations, but we did not need four parts of a reunion for Erica Jane to sit on the couch. And the couch was small, like small, small. And I was thinking I kind of preferred it better when everyone had their own individual chair and was like more of a spaced out um, kind of set. But like they were all squoze up on that little ass love seat and they looked uncomfortable as fuck and the horrible horrible fashions like i don't know if the glam squads couldn't come to the reunion because everybody looked at a mess the outfits was horrible and the makeup was not together the hair was not together another four-part reunion we're halfway through this time with real housewives of potomac and literally nothing happened this season um we didn't really need four parts this time like there's nothing really to get at there's like one or two major conflicts but they all revolve around the same person who was involved in the fight last year and you know still hasn't really grown or matured from that so um we didn't need we don't need 
four parts of that. But I'm gonna watch though because you know ain't nothing else on TV right now. Um, Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip uh, started on Peacock, and I don't have Peacock, so maybe I need to download the app so I can see what's going on with uh, the Housewives All Stars cast. So we have Kyle Richards from Beverly Hills, we have Kenya Moore and Cynthia Bailey from Real Housewives Atlanta. Oh, Cynthia is previously from. Real Housewives of Atlanta, like formerly from Real Housewives of Atlanta, because she announced that she's not coming back uh, this year. And then Portia Williams, who stole that lady husband, says she's not coming back either. And I think that is really kind of a bitch move because she knows she stole that lady husband. And the reason she's not coming back is because she just doesn't want to have to answer any questions or take no heat from the other ladies. And I think. Like, <laughs> had um, my friend Alex on the show, and we were talking about how that would have just been the storyline for the next season of Real Housewives of Atlanta. And it would have, the ratings would have been ridiculous because everybody would want to see that. So, the backstory is in case you missed it, is that there was a friend of the show last season. Her name was Fallon. She invited Portia and a couple other ladies to her house uh, to meet. There was a swim in in her pool. And then her husband was there. And so she introduced the husband. Usually, you know, the husbands kind of stay off camera. But, you know, he came, met them. He was like kind of awkwardly watching them frolic in the pool. And Fallon, you know, she had been on multiple episodes throughout the season. She had the Halloween party at her house. And shortly after the reunion, it was announced that... Fallon and her husband were getting a divorce and Portia and his name is Simon Fallon's ex, ex-husband now uh, were engaged and I was like well wait hold on <laughs> because that would have been a whole mess that everybody would have tuned into but um, yeah she punked out she says she's not she's not gonna be um, on Real Housewives in the upcoming season, she did get kind of like a spinoff show, which looks really messy. And it's called Portia's Family Values. I'm not going to be watching because it just looks a bit much because it has her family, has her baby daddy, has the new fiance. There's like fights going on. And I'm just not. Mm, I'm just not with it. But uh, I'll probably watch too. So stay tuned for that. Oh, so back to Ultimate Girls Trip. They went to Turks and Caicos. Um, so it has Kyle, Kenya, Cynthia, Ramona. Um, then it has, I believe it has Teresa from New, New Jersey. And then it has Luann from New York. So, and then it has somebody else from New Jersey. I don't know. I can't remember, but it looks cute. I'll watch it once I download Peacock. Another show that I have not watched, and I'm definitely not watching this, is that Squid Game show. Like, it was on Netflix, and typically when something is number one on Netflix, that means it's not that good, uh, except for Bridgerton. Bridgerton was good, but Squid Game, like, I had seen it, like, in the top ten, and every day it kept, like, moving up and up and up. And it just seemed like a, I don't know, it just, it didn't appeal to me, just even looking at the the picture that they had for the the image but y'all tell me what it's about because i'm not gonna watch it but what i did watch and this is the main category of the show this week is adele one night only 
it came on CBS. And, you know, it's Sad Girl Autumn. It um, is all in this lead up to her new CD dropping on Friday, November 19th. So in just a few more days. So she dropped the single a few weeks ago. Ooh, my shirt is on backwards. Ew, my bad. Uh, so she dropped the single Easy On Me uh, a while ago and, you know, immediately shot to number one on all the charts. The video, I mean, the song broke like the streaming records on Spotify, previously held by Mariah Carey. All I Want for Christmas is You. She coming back for that title in a few weeks. So it was like the most streams in a single day. Uh, and then YouTube records broken. I don't know how many views it has at this moment. That was like the official kickoff of Sad Girl Autumn, which is the antithesis of a hot girl summer. So y'all get ready. Adele's about to be causing all kinds of breakups this season. Y'all thought the pandemic was ending relationships. Adele got something for y'all <laughs> real quick. So Adele, One Night Only, premiered Sunday night. Um, it was like a two-hour a concert and an Oprah interview. I kind of thought they were going to do like the interview first and then the concert second, but I did kind of like it how they kind of meshed them together. It was a bit disjointed for me because I was like, well, I just kind of want to hear one or the other, but like to mix them up, it just, I don't know. I just got, you lose the momentum because it was like up and down, up and down. Um, for me, but I couldn't say I really gained anything from the interview because it it wasn't like the Meghan Markle interview where we just had, you know, so much to talk about like the next day and the week after. And, you know, st people are still talking about that. We didn't get any like viral moments or any gifts or memes out of it. She wasn't like really dropping any thing. I didn't really know already. Well, the one thing is that I didn't know. Um, I didn't know her dad passed away. I didn't know he apparently had um, like alcohol issues and kind of contributed to like her kind of troubled upbringing. So I didn't know that. Um, and then she did kind of give a bit more insight into the thought process behind her divorce. Um, but I guess on that in that instance, it was kind of better to hear it, like hear her talk about it than rather than her sing about it. Cause like you can interpret the song a certain way, but I like to hear her like speak about it. It's like something that we don't necessarily get from Adele. Cause I, she didn't really give too many interviews um, before that, but you know how we do, we're going to start off with the fashions. She looked good. She had on like a ivory kind of cream pantsuit um, with, some Louboutin heels. She had her red bottoms on. Oprah had on a better, her better interview wig this time because usually she got that synthetic looking one that is pushed a bit too far back and you can see like the the threads on the end. Um, and then she had, and then Oprah kind of had on the white too. She had on two tones, like the pants were darker than the blouse at the top, but she looked good. She got good money. They had the concert at Griffith Observatory, which is on the top of um, Overlooking L.A. It was outside, you know, because I'm not sure, but I think they probably have a max mask mandate down to the California. And um, there were so many celebrities in the audience that they wanted everybody face 
to be seen. Um, it was a, a odd kind of crowd for me. Like she said, she wanted to have a mix of people who knew her, um, a mix of people who just didn't know her at all, like quote unquote, I guess, regular people. And then I guess industry people, it it was odd because you had like Lizzo in the front row. That's kind of a tongue twister. Lizzo in the front row doing the absolute most in that poncho is what they called it. And and then the garment was very voluminous too. So, but the way she was like rocking and bobbing and swaying from side to side and like getting into the music, I was like, girl, this song is slow. Like it doesn't require all of that motion. Yeah, Ellen DeGeneres there. You had Chris Jenner. You had Selena Gomez. You had uh, James Corden, who is really good friends with Adele. Um, remember their carpool karaoke when she was rapping that Nicki Minaj. And then who else was there? Drake was there. He didn't invite me as a plus one. We're going to talk about that later. Aubrey, off the mic. Um, but then you also had, I believe that was Leonardo DiCaprio. Cause, but he had his mask kind of like halfway pulled up. And he had on a baseball hat. But I'm pretty sure that was Leo. And then who else was there? Um, Ava DuVernay was there. Gail King was there. And I think um, Dwayne Wade and Gabrielle Union. I don't know how she got an invite. She probably snuck her way in through the back. But um, she was there. And it for me, the, the venue was stunning. It was at sunset. It, so you got like your kind of that just California sun vibe. It looked nice. Like everybody looked good. But then, you know, it kind of transitioned into night. And then they had like this, um, the backdrop was like kind of playing or projecting images like onto the facade of the observatory. She had her um, pianist. She had a little small, you know, background singers, the orchestra, like the setting was nice. And then she was in a, you know, nasty black gown. And that's kind of the performance that I like. Y'all know me. I just like someone to get on stage and sing. And she did that. But the venue itself just seemed a bit too large for the type of person and type of singer that Adele is. I remember I saw Adele. She was my first concert that I saw here in Philadelphia. And so she was at the Electric Factory in uh, Northern Liberties. Very small venue. It was standing room only. And this was around the time. So this was back in like January, February 2009. So she had only had 19 at that point. And I like to say I kind of discovered Adele because nobody knew who she was. Like you could get those tickets the same day back then, <laughs> like just walking up. And it was standing room only. I think I have the picture on my Facebook somewhere. Uh, but, you know, she was very green back then. She has the most amazing personality because she would just like talk to the talk to us, you know, before and after each song. And she was like cussing and, you know, she was just like that fun, bubbly personality. But I think a lot of people didn't discover her until 21 or 25. And she had those big mega hits, you know, selling out huge coliseums in like a matter of 30 seconds and it kind of 
she kind of lost a bit of her connection um, to me. Like, and so I would have probably preferred like a more intimate, smaller venue, like, you know, let's get to know Adele. But then I guess they were trying to play off of, you're going to get the intimate moment in the interview. So, you know, we'll just do this big kind of concert production show um, also. And I don't know. It just was a bit of a disconnect for me, but that's just me. Y'all let me know what y'all thought of the concert. And she, I mean, she looked, she looked good. Y'all know I just like give them a microphone, a stool and a little bottle of water or a cup of tea or something and just get on there and sing. Now, one criticism I have, or one of the criticisms I have is that we didn't need that proposal in the, in the middle of it because it seemed fake as fuck. Like she was going to do the surprise proposal for this, um, guy, this couple. And the guy was going to like blindfold the girlfriend and like put her on these sound canceling headphones. And she was going to walk her to the front of the thing. And, then you know have this proposal moment in front of her and it just was too long and drawn out one i don't believe that she was down there all day and she didn't know what the fuck was going on then that observatory is at the top of that fucking hill like <laughs> he drug her blindfolded ass all the way up that hill and she don't know where the fuck they're going and then her responses just didn't seem like appropriate <laughs> Like he's trying to propose and she's like, I'm glad I didn't eat because I would have thrown up. Who are all these people? She's standing like two feet in front of Lizzo and she's like, who are you? And then when they go to sit down after the proposal and Adele's like going to serenade them, uh, Melissa McCarthy, (laughs) you know, the comedian, she was trying to hand the the girl like a glass of champagne and she was just like, what am I doing here? <laughs> it's like, girl, I don't know what kind of edibles you was on, but that just kind of took away from the moment for me. So throughout the concert, she played like her bigger numbers, her bigger hits. She didn't really give us or give me kind of those like deeper, like album cut kind of moments. She was just, let me hit the popular songs. Let me hit, you know, the stuff y'all going to know. But again, I enjoy someone just getting up there and singing. You don't need like a dance troupe behind you. You don't need all these costume changes. Although it got a bit um, monotonous for lack of better word. Like it just seemed kind of the same. And she didn't really give us different arrangements of the songs either. Like which for a live concert type thing, you typically give a different arrangement, at least a different vocal arrangement, if you're going to keep the instrumentation the same. And like, it was literally, she hit play on the track. And it was just like, girl, I could get this from the CD any day of the week. And it just didn't give me much in terms of like a production. I just needed a bit more, I think. We did get four new songs. Um, So we got Easy On Me. We got Hold On, which I think is going to be the song of the of the ones I heard so far is 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 the one. Then we got um, I drink wine, which is an anthem. 
for a lot of people. And then uh, love, she closed out with love is a game, which I thought was a play on Amy Winehouse's love is a losing game, but it, it was, um, it gave me kind of a different vibe, like kind of an old Hollywood kind of vibe. So um, I don't know. We'll see. I, I think I need to listen to the full CD and the sequencing to see how much I like it. So now it's time for I Said What I Said. And in this segment of the show, I give an unpopular opinion. And it is just my unfiltered opinion. Take it or leave it. Don't at me. It's just how I feel. And my I Said What I Said for this week is that I don't like the new song. I don't like it. Easy on me just seems a bit formulaic. But, you know, Adele's formula works. She has been able to be that one artist who... In the age of streaming, she can really sell like full albums and like not just like the copy of like the digital copy of the album, like actual like printed, you know, albums and CDs and vinyl, things like that. Um, because, you know, we live in that stream. People don't buy singles. They don't buy, you know, anything. They just kind of play it on on the Spotify's and on the whatever else. I don't know what these kids be using. Because like we live in this time where we have these K-pop um, bands, and they have like ten members in the group, so they're not making any money splitting that check all them ways. And then they're like five fans figured out how to basically uh, manipulate the algorithm because everything's about an algorithm these days, and it looks like they're more popular than they are mainly because this like small group of their fans uh kind of know the right time to play the seed or stream the cd or the song they know the right you know sequence to do it and it's all about you know doing it a certain amount of times on different devices and you know and it's it's there's ways around it but adele's kind of like that one artist who can kind of bypass all of that and she's actually contributing to like real sales um but the lyrics of the song were a bit like again monotonous like there's one point where she says i didn't do what i do <laughs> to choose what i it was a it was just a lot of to-dos and in, in the one like moment um and then the video looked almost exactly like the hello video with all the wind and the leaves and I'm outside and I'm on this cell phone and can you hear me? And this one was in color like towards the end, but it, again, it just, the old car and it just, it just seemed, you know, the same kind of, kind of formula, but it could be that, you know, we waited so long for this CD, like it's called 30, but I believe Adele is what, like 35 now, 33. 34 now so you know the content of the cds are probably a bit old you know she names them when she was like writing the the cd not the songs not when she was not when she's like releasing the cd but um yeah like i don't could it be we waited so long that our expectations are that much greater yeah like i don't know we'll have to see uh when it comes out on friday um so let's do a full recap Next week, we'll go track by track, and we'll see how we like this new CD. 
So that brings me to the final segment of the show. It's time for tens, tens, tens across the board. And this is where I give a special shout out to someone who did something very amazing for this week. So first tens is going to whoever produced the fuck out of that Adele special. It just looked at... (laughs) spectacular on top of the the hill they had the drone shots overhead with the transition from like day into into evening was epic everybody looked good um there so that was one thing tens is going to a britney bitch britney spears and her fans uh well mainly her fans rallied together to hashtag freed britney um after 13 years of her father running her conservatorship it legally ended the other day um, after a judge decided that it's no longer necessary britney has been celebrating but (laughs) don't expect no new music from her because people i think people were expecting her to be like on the stage the next day which i don't think is going to happen um it'll probably be a while before she puts out any music Uh, i don't think she was like in the studio these past 13 years or so um working on a hit but i don't know we'll see tens for you Brittany. and then my big tens this week is going to auntie kamala harris and uncle joe biden who finally signed the 1.2 trillion dollar infrastructure bill i don't know where they got this money from but they signed it into law and it was one of the main um parts of Uncle Joe's huge economic agenda here in the U.S. is going to deliver $550 billion of federal investments into America's infrastructure. So so that is energy, water, internet, these roads and bridges, because we got a ton of potholes here in Philadelphia. And then they're just going to do a whole bunch of other stuff. So tens for y'all for getting our country together. Auntie Kamala was crisscrossing the U.S. getting these people in formation um, to get support for the bill. She did a lot of work behind the scenes. I know they're trying to come for her now, um, but that's another topic for another day. So with that being said, thanks for joining me for the season premiere. Season four of Category Is, we got so much more in store for you this season. Enjoy the rest of your week. Next week is Thanksgiving. I'll see y'all later. Bye. Thanks for joining me for another week. I really hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you did, please be sure to like, rate, and review the show wherever you're listening to Category Is right now. Category Is podcast is recorded in Philadelphia. The show is hosted, edited, mixed, and produced by me, Maurice Smith.